Our Michigan State football Spartans keep the bowl game dream alive, beating Rutgers 27-21. But before that, well, Michigan State basketball dropped a heartbreaker to Gonzaga. We talk about football in the first two segments, then that basketball game in the third segment. Busy show today. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Victory Monday to all you lovely Spartans out there. And that, we're not just talking about football. Yes, the volleyball team swept Northwestern. The hockey team swept number 10 Ohio State on the ice. And then the women's soccer team keeps their dream season alive. Double overtime victory. We will be talking about football these first two segments. Switch to the basketball game in the third. But hey, before going any further, today's episode is brought to you by Sling TV. That's right. Don't miss on this weekend's matchup between the Spartans versus the Kentucky Wildcats on Tuesday right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Thank you so much for kicking off your day or riding out the rest of your weekend with us here at Locked on Spartans. You know where to find us, YouTube, any podcast uh, platform that you like to use. We're here five days a week talking about your favorite team in green and white, and let's get right into it. 27 to 21, the football Spartans have won two in a row, and Ford Field is peeking over the horizon. Should Michigan State beat Indiana next week, or maybe even I don't know, slather yourself in some mayo for the Duke's Mayo Bowl, uh, string that guitar together for the Music City Bowl. I don't know. It's just very fun that we're talking about bowl games right now because. Did not look like that going into November, but Mel Tucker said it best after the game, saying, quote, it's important to play your best football in November. That's a sign of high character. We're going to talk about this at the end of the segment, just how impressive this little two-game stretch has been for the Spartans, but let's just look at it from a micro level right now. Let's look at the game between the Scarlet Knights and the Spartans. And this was a game... Even though we're all the way in the middle of November now, we still saw some things that we have not seen this season. And that's not even just Michigan State-centric, you know? Rutgers threw some things out there that we haven't seen this season. They were 8 of 16 on third down. Yes, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights were 8 of 16 on third down. They came into this game with the second worst conversion rate in the Big Ten. Gavin Wimsett. He played the best game of his career, 20 of 34 passing, two touchdowns, including that heartbreaker. Uh, If you had Michigan State minus 10 or minus 12 or whatever you got the line at, that's one of the worst gambling beats that we'll see in college football this year. But regardless, Gavin Wimsett played his best game in a Scarlet Knight uniform. And then Kyle Manangai, their running back as well, rushed for 168 yards, 6.8 yards per carry. This season... In Big Ten play, he never ran for more than 30 yards. So, yes, you had a great day by Gavin Wimsett, or as great of a day as you could hope from that quarterback. They did well on third downs, and they had a career day by their running back. But with all that said, Michigan State still prevails. Rutgers gave them a best shot. Michigan State suspended players, injured players and all. Came out with a nice little home victory here. And, yes, we saw some things from Michigan State that we haven't seen. All season. Uh, Let's just take it from the top right here. It it was nice to see the tight ends be utilized in the passing game. And this was headlined by Daniel Barker. Big body Daniel Barker. He had four catches. Of course, he had that touchdown to get the scoring going in this game. But uh, this is the first time 
since the Spartans visited Seattle in that game against Washington where Barker had at least four catches. Clearly a mismatch uh, for this Rutgers defense. I think that was definitely the game plan going into this game is utilize Barker. Utilize Malik Carr, who nearly had that touchdown. And then Tyler Hunt as well. It was, it was a really good game plan going in, and it was nice to see Daniel Barker, just this great receiving threat who I think has been underutilized, Will. Used. So that, that was nice to see on Saturday as well. Other things that we haven't seen in a while, or just flat out haven't seen this whole season, Jarek Brassard with 11 carries for 80 yards. Michigan State had a great day on the ground. They uh, nearly got 200 yards of rushing. And Jarek Brassard, 11 carries for 80 yards. Leading up to this game, the previous four games combined, he had 12 carries. Just three carries in each of those four games, but hey, here he is. Uh, he's back, 11 carries, 80 yards. Looks like the player that we all wanted him to be when he transferred in from Colorado. So really strong showing from Broussard as well. And this was a massive one. of a, Just something that we have not seen at all this year. And it wasn't just competence in the kicking game. No, it was actually winning plays in the kicking game. Both sides, too. Whether it is, well, it's a field goal block by Jacob Slade. It's the last time we've seen that happen. And then also, General Ben Patton drills a 34-yard field goal. And usually, you know, that's not really anything notable. 34-yard field goals, even for college, should be automatic. But we just saw this unit miss a 31 field goal last week against Illinois. Also, too, this 34-yard field goal, that was a clutch clutch moment there too because that put Michigan State up two scores Ben Patton could not have kicked that any more down the middle if he tried and it also kind of looked like that too for his major 48 yard field goal at the end of the fourth quarter as well that was to put Michigan State up 13 points but whew, that looked good off the foot and uh, maybe this is positive momentum building into next year for the kicking game who's had their fair share of issues but did not have anything close to an issue on Saturday. And for that, General Patton, for that, Jacob Slade with your giant hand that blocked the field goal, that's a nine-point swing right there between the blocked Rutgers field goal and Patton's two made field goals. We thank you for those. Uh, also, too, really quick... Um, we, we also saw more of the same as well. It wasn't just a complete surprise and, oh my God, what's happening? There are some common themes that still stuck around. And for the second week in a row, Cal Halliday should be winning Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. I hope he is somewhere in an ice bath right now because my man had 20 tackles. 20 tackles. That is the 10th most of all time by a Michigan State Spartan in a single game and the most in 17 years. The last time a Michigan State player racked up 20 tackles was in 2005. And if you go back to the record books, all these records that are above 20 tackles is, well, when the game was played more on the ground, when linebackers had more tackling opportunities. So, yeah, for a linebacker in the year of our Lord, 2022, to be racking up 20 tackles that is a herculean effort right there and oh man I, I i hope cal's feeling just somewhat okay today another thing that was more of the same down to the exact yard jalen Berger, just like last week against illinois 
has 100 combined yards receiving and rushing against the Scarlet Knights, but this time was able to punch in a touchdown. So good for him to be rewarded with that touchdown. Uh, the offensive line, I thought, played really just... I, am I going to use the, the great word right now? I, I thought they played really good. And this is after the first two months of the season where they kind of just looked pedestrian at best, but they held Peyton Thorne on his feet. Just took one sack last week against Illinois. How about a whopping zero sacks taken this week against Rutgers? And you got to give a lot of credit to Brandon Baldwin. Uh, Jarrett Horse steps away. Brandon Baldwin, you are plugged in as the starting left tackle. Go get him, young man. And, well, he's gotten them. Uh, he has looked every bit of a starting left tackle so far. So, great performance from him. Uh, we saw the vintage Peyton Thorne to Jaden Reed connection. Four catches for 90 yards to Reed. And look, was Peyton Thorne perfect on Saturday? No, absolutely not. But I, I think he was the epitome of fine. Obviously good enough to get the win. Yeah, he missed a really bad, uh, arguably easy pass to Tyler Hunt on that fourth and one early on in the game. But bounced back, had some really great moments with his favorite target, Jaden Reed. And then last but not least, hey, Got to shout out my guy Trey Mosley because I criminally underrated. I know I'm the leader of the Trey Mosley hype train, but have to shout him out for that sneaky play at the end that I don't think a lot of people have forgotten right now as you're listening maybe 48 hours after the game. But that that recovery on the onside kick, that's clutch because my heart was in my throat uh, watching that play because, oh my God, that got a little hairy at the end. But regardless... Hey, Spartans got the dub, the boys got the win, and that is sensational. We'll talk more about this game here. I just have to talk your ear off about Get Upside, the Upside app. That's right. Hey, look, we all know what inflation is doing to us. It is punching us right where it hurts. And whether it's driving less, dining out less, buying less from a grocery store, we can all agree there's nothing fun about cutting back and doing less. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase. Getting started is so simple. Just download the free Upside app and use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn up to three times more cash back with Upside. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. And before getting more into Michigan State football's big win on Saturday, hey, thank you so much for giving us a watch or a listen. However you're digesting this, thanks a ton. And if you ever want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. We will be back on tomorrow's show with Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com. Get his thoughts about, well, Michigan State's first two games, but also the big Champions Classic Clash on Tuesday Wildcats for Spartans should be a good one. Always great chat with Dave Klein, too. I mean, come on. You, you guys already know who he is. He's he's the best. So let's get more into the football uh, realm here. And these are just random thoughts here in the second segment. And there was one player that really stuck out to me in this game because, look, with, with all the injury issues that have taken place and you pile on the suspensions on top of that, 
th this is next man up city. A lot of young players getting some opportunity to get some run, make a name for themselves already early on in their career. And we've seen it too with, uh, you know, Mangum, uh, Malik Spencer, Dylan Tatum playing some defensive back. And I got to go down to the trenches though, because look, it, it, it has not been fun if you are playing on the trenches. This was the group that came into the season with arguably the most depth on the team. And now we're basically starting four defensive linemen because Brandon Wright's out with suspension. Chris Bogle's out. Jeff Petrowski's out. Jacoby Winman is out should he ever go back to defensive end. But I think sophomore Avery Dunn has really done well. No pun intended. Wow, that was a good one if I did that intentionally. I thought Avery Dunn has done really well in the last two games. That was with Illinois, obviously. And then Saturday's game, uh, best game of his career, no doubt about that. Six tackles, his first sack of the season. And I, he just he just looked like he belonged, really. You would not expect that this was just a sophomore that started the season buried on the death chart. But that's one guy that I'm kind of circling here the rest of the season. Kind of like what we did with Brandon Wright at the end of last year. He came on late in November, started raising some eyebrows. And it's like, oh, is this going to be a certified guy for us next year? So... Yeah, look, I don't know if Avery gets these opportunities if it weren't for these suspensions and injuries, but man, you talk about taking advantage of an opportunity. So I just had to tip my cap to Avery Dunn right there uh, because, yeah, he's just balling out. And, uh, poof, man, you got to find the diamonds in the rough of the season, uh, and that's that's one of them right there. So with that said, it's not all too rough of a season, as we know. Michigan State, big game coming up this Saturday. As big of a game as you could ever have against the Indiana football Hoosiers. Usually when they come to town, it's not really a headliner or anything like that. But when you can notch victory number six on your record, yes, that is a big game. And early on Sunday morning, two news outlets came out with their bowl projections. A lot of other news outlets come out with them later Sunday, on Monday, sometimes Tuesday. But... CBS Sports and 24-7 Sports did not let us down. They have Michigan State projected right now to the Quick Lane Bowl. Uh, that's right. Last week, Michigan State came out of that win against Illinois with seven publications, all having bowl projections, all having them to the Quick Lane Bowl. Nothing has changed since Saturday's win over Rutgers, but right now CBS Sports has Michigan State pegged for the Quick Lane Bowl against Miami of Ohio. And then 24-7 Sports, the Quick Lane Bowl versus Bowling Green. I quite frankly don't care if you're making it to the, uh, the, the, the Bozo Bowl against, I don't know, uh, Cast Tech High School. I, I, don't, I don't care what the opponent is, what the bowl game is. At this point, as long as Michigan State gets to a bowl game, Look, am I going to be jazzed about the season? Are we going to be throwing a parade down Grand River? I'm not, personally. But, like, whoo, boy. You think of where this team was after the Maryland game. Or after the Michigan game. I I would have done a lot of, of things that I'm not proud to say out loud. To even just get to a quick lane bowl down at Ford Field. Day after Christmas. 2.30 kickoff. Hey, look, I... I'm not against the quick lane bowl because, well, that's going to be a certified home game for Michigan State as well. So, yes, just get to that sixth win any possible way. And next up is against Indiana, just like we said. Uh, and just a, a quick little peek here. We will be doing a full fleshed out preview show with Jacob Rude of Locked on Hoosiers later this week. But right now, 
Let's get to know Indiana a little bit. And it's not good. It's 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 not a good time to be an Indiana football Hoosier fan. They are three and seven on the year, and their only conference win came all the way back in September against Illinois. Kind of a controversial finish there at the end, but regardless, that win is in their win column. So, ever since then, though. Tough, tough season for Indiana. And uh, you know what? They've also looked to be turning the page at cornerback. It was Connor Bazelak who was slinging the ball for them throughout this rough stretch. But during the Ohio State game, they switched to Dexter Williams. And he offers something different than Bazelak. No, he's not accurate whatsoever. His completion percentage is actually below 40%. But he did have two touchdowns, zero interceptions in a blowout loss against Ohio State over the weekend, but his legs are something to be cautious about. So this will be an interesting matchup here. See who they're going to be spying uh, against Dexter Williams. This would be a great game for Darius Snow to be healthy, but unfortunately, as we all know, he's not. So this will be an interesting matchup here on Saturday, getting this Dexter Williams kid with limited game film out there against a defense that, look, doesn't have like the speed on the edge like they used to, Unless players come back from suspension this week. Obviously, we'll stay tuned on that news. If anything breaks, we'll talk about it here on Lockdown Spartans. But yeah, it, it, it it's just like the Rutgers game. It's not going to be a walkthrough. Uh, Indiana, just like we said, 3-7 and seven on the season. They will not be making a bowl game. But you can still leave your season with an okay mark if you get this nice road win in November. Just something to hang your hat on. I mean, just something to smile about if you are a Hoosier football player. So, no, I, I don't think that this is going to be like you know, like playing Maryland every November where the Terrapins just roll over and stop trying once the calendar hits November. I, I think Indiana does have a lot to play for, and we're going to see how much motivational juice uh, Tom Allen still has down there to get his boys ready to play. So that's what we got going on this weekend for the final home game of the year. And I want to shout out the student section really quick. And I tweeted this out uh, early in the first quarter of, hey, I, the student section turnout is sensational. And someone said, are, are you being sarcastic or, or is, do you actually mean that? Because, look, was the upper deck full? No. Uh, the lower bowl, though, of the student section was all but completely filled for the first half. And, look, it, it, it's it's not a Rose Bowl season or anything like that. Like, Michigan State is, is a 5-5 five and five team. It has been tough. And also, on top of all that... Not necessarily 82 and sunny in East Lansing. That was a cold game, and student participation around the country is a thing. So for Michigan State student section to fill up the deep end as much as they did on Saturday, would love to see that again this upcoming Saturday as Michigan State goes to a bowl game. But yeah, I know that this is the most random thing to talk about, student section participation, but um, I just have to tip my cap to a lot of the students that showed up because that is that, that's not a small number of kids that fill up that section that burnt up their Saturday afternoon getting frozen uh, in the student section. So, yes, just got to tip my cap to them. Way to go. Now, before we talk about the basketball game here, our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Lockdown College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the Spartans weekend game or throughout the history of our alma mater since Michigan State won. We do have a thrilling moment and this week's thrilling moment from the Spartans was I gotta go I gotta go with the kicking team or the punting team. We'll do two of them. Ben Patton's 48 yard field goal. We have not seen anything like that all season long 
I was thrilled to see him bang that home. But also, too, speaking of banging a ball down the field as far as possible, Bryce Berenger just only gets work done. 60-plus yard punt. Uh, he is should be the, the, the guy that wins the Ray Guy Award. And we are going to riot. We are going to protest. We are going to make a scene if he does not win the Ray Guy. So, yes. How about that for the thrilling moment of the week? A field goal and a punt. Tell me that's not the most Big Ten thing you've ever heard. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you with the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at Nissan.com. We are recording roughly an hour after Michigan State's one-point loss against Gonzaga on the aircraft carrier. So this is a good mix, or maybe a bad mix, I don't know, I'll let you be the judge of this, uh, between pure raw emotion after a heartbreaking loss like that from a slappy of a fan like myself, but also some rationale behind it. Now this is going to be uh, another judgment call for you, whether you like this rationale that I'm about to have, and I'm going to guess that maybe a lot of you won't, but screw it, we're going to go for it anyway. I get, I understand why some fans might be a little jazzed about what happened on Friday, and no, I'm not talking about, you know, happy that we lost, but look, at the end of the day, Michigan State just lost by one against the number two team in the country and looked really good against them as well. Uh, this was a game where Michigan State was 11.5-point underdogs in Vegas, and they rode it out to the bitter end, the final possession. They had a shot, but unfortunately fell one point short. Uh, they had the game in a really good spot, actually. Six-point lead late in the game. They were up as much as 12 points in the second half, and that's why... I don't feel necessarily all too jazzed about this game. Um, look, if you are one of these people that are optimistic about what you saw, you feel better about the season outlook, I envy you. And I'm not going to say you're wrong or anything. I mean, we're two games into the season for crying out loud. It's really early to make a judgment call whether uh, you're going to be correct in the long term. But man, I, I have a hard time putting on my little smile face and saying, hey, Moral victory uh, for a few reasons. One, because the logo I'm wearing on my hat right now, it's a Michigan State logo. This is a powerhouse basketball program. Maybe if you were a fan of a middling program, like, I don't know, like I, Northwestern or uh, Illinois, for example, like a team that really hasn't accomplished much in the last two decades, like, okay, sure, yeah, take your moral win, but kind of demand greatness here and this is a team coached by a man that has only achieved greatness here so excuse me if I'm being a little too greedy and wanted a team to close out a 12 point lead in the second half or a six point lead with under 10 minutes to go or a team that had a shot at the win in the final possession and instead of getting a solid playoff at the end kind of doing not that actually and I get it a player slipped, uh, you couldn't get the ball low in the post. You also only gave yourself 15 seconds to run that play after letting an additional 15 seconds run off before calling that timeout and having that killer play out of the timeout here. But I digress. You don't lose a play off one game. You could sure win one off one game, but that's just not how it worked out. No, really what I am not... I guess concern. Concern will, will be the word I use. 
is one look it, it's it's three things really the first one i don't want losing like this to be contagious how many times do you see it and not just basketball but all over sports a, a team falters late in the game after having a big lead and then it kind of happens the next game or two games later where uh oh they're always just waiting for that shoe to drop I hate seeing Michigan State lose like that in the second game of the year because if that happens, I don't know, Tuesday in the Champions Class against Kentucky or in the PK-85 or against Villanova where, hey, yeah, you're up eight points and, uh-oh, kind of let that slip away. That That's a damning mindset to have as a team going into Big Ten play. Reason number two why I'm not really uh, taking any moral victories out of today is because, well... You kind of saw the issues that we were all concerned about in the offseason. Having little front court depth. Not going into the transfer portal and getting another body. Look, Matty Sissoko, which, by the way, game of his life tonight. Looked like prime Dwight Howard for most of that game. He was on fire. If you could take anything good away from this game, Matty Sissoko, 14 points, 9 rebounds. He did great. 6 of 11 from the free throw stripe, which is honestly probably as good as you could hope for from him, especially in an outdoor game. But you kind of wasted that performance. And it was wasted because you have no front court depth because when Matty Sissoko gets into foul trouble, okay, you got to rely on a kid playing his second ever college game against the preseason national player of the year in Drew Timmy. Look, Jackson Kohler, did he play great tonight? No. Am I going to kill the kid for not showing out during his second ever college game? No. Going to be a little harder on the guy who's in his fourth or fifth year of college in, well, Joey Hauser. We'll get to him in a hot second. But you're so thin in the front court that when Mighty gets out with foul trouble, okay, now it's Joey Hauser's turn or Jackson Kohler's turn. Uh-oh. Like, yeah, this is what happens when you have no one in the death chart to take over for Mati Sissoko. And this is an issue that we all knew was going to happen in the offseason. We just saw Exhibit A play out tonight. They got blitzed in the second half when Mati was out, whether it be just post-defense in general or rebounding. I think what Gonzaga had nine offensive boards in the second half. Gee, if only there were a magical, here, we'll call it a portal. Yeah, a portal where you can draw... You know, players looking for other teams. Uh, if only you could just dip into that in the offseason. But again, it, I, I will check myself. It is just a second game. I won't make a sweeping referendum for how this is going to play out the rest of the season. But, okay, a little concerning that all the naysayers that said that, well, front court depth will be a massive issue. Okay, that, that's one tally mark in the unfortunate win column. For us, uh, and number three reason why I'm just really not going to be all hunky dory. Oh, they tried their best. It was on an aircraft carrier, though. It was against a good team. Like, look, I, it, it is those upperclassmen. Like, I, story time, story time. It's story time right now. Um, and guy, I hate being this like mean and blunt and everything about it, but. I, I I do a podcast where I talk about college sports. I'm not going to sugarcoat everything and say, oh, they're they're good students. Like, No, what matters is what happened on the court. And the story time is that I remember back in high school, we played a football game. Well, okay, everyone else played a football game. I was just kind of there on the bench just watching them play. But while I was on the bench, uh, our center 
had seven snaps go over the quarterback's head. And every single time, it was like a loss of 15 or 20 yards. It was ridiculous. We ended up losing the game by three or four points or something like that. And it was a big game, too. Everyone's emotional after the game, and the coach starts the post-game huddle with saying, gentlemen, a game never comes down to one player. Which is absolutely something a coach says when it comes down to just one player. Now, very rarely does a game come down to one player. Might have just saw it tonight, though. Um, one box out from number 10 would have been the difference in a one-point defeat versus a one-point victory. Just one box out in a half where Gonzaga is getting nine offensive rebounds, instant putbacks, maybe even, I don't know, if you're going to foul Drew Timmy, make it count, make it a hard foul, or, I don't know, maybe just a field goal on the other end wouldn't kill you either. Look, I... I get it. I, I can't be overly harsh on Hauser. He won us that Davidson game last year. It was awesome. He looked great against Northern Arizona. And we just talked about, too, after the Northern Arizona game, how important early season confidence will be for the rest of his year. So, look, I know that what I'm saying is cutting against that grain, but also I'm not going to hop on this camera and microphone and say, yeah, oh, well, he had a tough game. It wasn't really, uh, it was a lot of kids' fault. No, that, that was a horrible performance. And... We have seen time and time again that he's the human form of cryptocurrency. It's going to be really awesome some games. going to be just downright horrible other games. And that was a really, really rough game. Also, speaking of seniors too, guys that have been here for so long. And I get it was just one shot, one possession. But less than two minutes to go. Malik Hall grabs the rebound. 20 seconds left in the shot clock. And yeah, let's try a 12, 13 foot jump shot. Because jump shots are just going so great for everyone on both teams. Don't work the ball on the block or anything like that. No, just jack that up as, as soon as you possibly can. Of course, didn't go in. And, well, that was a great opportunity to get a late important bucket. But, oh, man, it just it, it really, really hurts because the game was right there. And good teams win those games. Like, good teams, when they're up by 12 points, no matter who the opponent is, when they're up six points with under 10 minutes to go, I'm sorry, they, they find a way to win those games. And maybe this team will end up being good later in the season, but jury's still out on them. And they could have had case closed tonight if they closed out that game. But here we are just uh, looking at a Tuesday game against Kentucky, which, oh, great, awesome, has another preseason player of the year candidate in the front court in Oscar Sheebway. So, yes, if they win on Tuesday... If they, you know, go pretty well through the gauntlet of the PK-85, the Villanova game, which, by the way, Villanova just lost to Temple tonight as well if they beat Notre Dame. If they get out of this gauntlet of a schedule unscathed, okay, we might be able to look back at this aircraft carrier game and being like, see, it wasn't so bad after all. But right now, in this moment, as you're one and one blown opportunity. Real bad blown opportunity. And, oh, man, it... it <sighs> Didn't even have to come down to jump shooting. Like, look, both teams were shooting the ball horrible because it was an outdoor game, odd conditions. I and mean, we all knew this going in here, but, man, it it was a game where a lot of the mistakes happened inside, whether it, whether it was depth, whether it was just uh, execution of just not boxing out. And, look, I get it. Uh, believe me, I, I get the whole, like, Drew Timmy can get away with whatever he wants. Uh, he barreled his shoulder into our defenders how many times, but... 
Look, you also could have mitigated that damage there just by boxing out, and I whether it's right or wrong, it, it's not right, but it's just the fact of the matter is that when you're a preseason player of the year like him, you're, you're going to get any call that you want. You will be able to do whatever, and so, it, yeah, it just sucks, and look, it's just... I, do do what is in your control, and what is in your control is trying up better plays at the end of the game, or boxing out, or well, not wasting possessions with under two minutes in the game, and that's whatever. I, I'm sorry to be such a mopey zoo line about this. I'm sorry to be a little Eeyore cloud on this Friday night. Um, and if you are one of those people that have taken a moral victory and feel good about this team going forward. I hope I didn't ruin your vibe because I, I, genu I genuinely do envy that. I just don't have that in me because it was right there. It was right there, and that would have been a really nice resume builder. Once the C I, and I get March, it might as well be 18 months away, but that would have been a nice little notch on your resume right there. But, oh, well, it's not. You lost by one, so there you have it. Uh, we will be back. Got the exciting Champions Classic on Tuesday. All sorts of things to react to with the football team. Uh, we'll have Stephen Brooks in the mix, Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com. But we're, we're going to have another fun week because, well, in November... Football and basketball coexist. You know where to find all the news on both sports right here, Locked on Spartans, five days a week. Go enjoy your week. Love you all. Go Green.